Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. Amen. Well, friends, open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 11. As we continue in our series, What a Soul Needs, and we're looking at Matthew 11, verses 25 to 30 this morning, and as we uh, turn in or turn on our Bibles, maybe your Bible needs its battery recharged, I'm not sure. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, however it is that your word is coming across uh, the page or the screen and into our minds and our hearts and our eyes, what we need, Lord is ever your illuminating word of God, your living word. So Lord, bring your spirit, enliven us to hear very well this morning your message, your grace, your truth, to understand who you are, to walk towards you in grace and in love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Matthew 11, verses 25 to 30. Hear now the word of the Lord. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. A soul needs rest. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. I heard Danny say to the kids, you know, what, some, what do we need? Sometimes we need rest. And I heard this murmur go out across the, oh, yes, a soul needs rest. I was reading this week on uh, physical fitness, still thinking about CrossFit and soul fit and, and how we know much more about taking care of our bodies than we know about taking care of our souls. And, uh, and I learned something this week that I didn't know. I learned that the experts say your muscles don't grow while you're working out. Your muscles grow while you are sleeping. Now, armed with this new insight, <laughs> I was able to devise an entirely new fitness program. It's called NapFit. <laughs> Who's in? Yes. Si Sign-ups are in the hall. It's only $100 a month. The pillow is included. <laughs> that's, a, that's a little bit like the diet that my, uh, my wife and my mother-in-law heard about while we were on vacation last week. And it's, the diet begins with two eggs and bacon in the morning. And they said, we're in. And I said, well, I, th I think there's other things that happen throughout the course of the day. No, 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 I don't need to know anything about all that. I just heard bacon and I'm in. 
What does it mean then? What does it mean to bring rest to your soul? What does it mean that your soul needs rest? I don't think I'm going to have a hard time convincing you. I don't think so. So I've been told that props help in preaching. In fact, I've been told that for men in particular, they say, we need visual aids. I don't, you know, that we men, we can't go to church, I guess, unless uh, we have visual aids. So this is for you, men. And, and when I shake this up, you see what this is? When I shake this up, I want to hear from all the men in the church a big ooh and ah. You ready? Okay, ready? Here we go. There you go. Yes. This is your soul addicted to busy. You see? Your soul needs rest. It needs time to settle. It needs time to still. It needs time to be clarified. Imagine a world with no rest. Imagine a world that just goes on and on every day, the same as the last. There's nothing different. There's no no patterns, no time to breathe, no time to stop. Imagine a world where each day is just like the last. This is the ancient world. Near as we can tell, no ancient ancient society valued regular rest. The the Babylonians had one day a week tied, I mean a month, tied to the, the pattern of the moon that sometimes would cease Labor. Other uh, ancient cultures, they had festival days that were tied mostly to changes of seasons. They were annual moments of stopping and celebrating. But there was no pattern of stopping each week and letting your soul rest. And then along came a people who said, we know a God. In fact, our God created Heaven and earth created all that is, all that exists. Our God made everything, the seas and the skies, the plants and the animals, the men and the women. And then on the seventh day, our God rested. What? What do you mean he rested? Was he tired or something? Our God rested. And then he commanded us, to do the same. It's one of the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And later, to explain it more, we read this verse, Exodus 23. Six days do your work, but on the seventh day do not work, so that your ox and your donkey may rest, so that the the slave born in your household and the foreigner living among you may be refreshed. All of a sudden... In the, in the face of the, of the, the world and all these nations, there was a nation that stopped. One day in seven, they stopped and they rested. And not only the citizens of that nation, but the slave in the household rested, the servant rested, the men and the women, the foreigner, the refugee, the immigrant. Notice that they were subject to all the laws of the land. 
And then in that subjection, they also received the protections of rest. The cows rested, you know? The ox rested. The field rested. All because God rested on the seventh day. And the world had not seen anything like it. Was he tired? Was God tired on this? No, no. He wasn't tired from creation. It's not like God went through the six days of, of labor of creation. Whew, that was a lot. No. God, the almighty, the all-powerful, limitless in agency, in ability, in enduring strength and activity, faithful, unflagging, unfailing God, was not tired, but he rested. God stopped. God ceased activity, and God sat in holy repose over all that he had made. Your soul needs to do the same. So Jesus said, remember, this is for you. This is not a legalistic exercise that we're all imprisoned to. And some of us work on the seventh day. We need to have a day in seven that we rest. But this is not about legalism and fitting everything into some box. This is for you. Jesus said in Mark 2:27, then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for Sabbath. This was made for you. Why? Because your soul needs rest. Not necessarily because you're tired or stressed or something, but even in perfect health, your soul needs to rest. It needs to recover, to rest and recover and resume. That's the pattern. Your soul needs a rhythm of workout and recovery. Some of us balk at this because we're, we're pretty excited about what God has us doing. We're passionate about life. We're, we want to go, 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 and I'm with you. I'm passionate about what God has me doing. I love what God has me about. I love it. So you think, rest? You know, pastor, I came in here for an hour. That's the rest. And when you say amen, it's go. Go, 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 go. I'm going to miss something. If I don't get going, I'm with you. I understand. I'm passionate about what God has me doing. And, and I'm not saying you need to live a life of, of glum, monastic quietude, you know bored out of your mind, but your soul needs rest. And whatever pace you're running, you can't run that pace constantly, forever. The soul, listen now, the soul is made to press toward noble ends with great conviction and then to rest and recover. Rest and recover and resume. We need the Sabbath patterns that God created and ordained. If we're to care for our souls, we can't keep them awake and moving and shaking 24-7. Include patterns of healthy spiritual rest in your soul fitness plan. When you sign up for NAPFIT, all of this is included in the package. Pastor uh, Rick Warren 
of Saddleback Church's pastored that church for over 30 years. He planted that church when he was 25 years old. 30, over 30 years of faithful leadership. And he was asked, how did you avoid the burnout that's so common to leaders who are passionately involved in their cause or their work. And Warren said, there's one little thing I've done for 30 years now. It's a little thing I call divert daily, withdraw weekly, abandon annually. Divert daily, withdraw weekly, and abandon annually. See, it's okay to be passionate about what you're doing. Hey, it's important to be passionate about what you're doing in your life. But soul care is going to require daily diversion. That means that you don't just get swamped with everything every day, all through the day. Daily diversion, weekly withdrawal, that's the Sabbath pattern that we're talking about. Once a week, pulling out, and annual abandonment. That's the part that leaders have a hard time with. Listen, if your organization can't survive a week or two of you away, a year, totally disconnected, that's not a very strong organization, is it? It's healthy. It's okay. Pull back. Relax. Take a, take a break. Imagine a world with no rest. Imagine a world with no stop with no time to recover, no time to breathe. Imagine. A soul needs rest. Let's look at our passage. Matthew 11, Jesus' teaching says in, in verse 25, at that time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. The, the knowledge we are seeking is knowable by little kids. The knowledge that we need, what we're looking for, can be found by little children. Isn't that something? We just had this week vacation Bible school at First Pres. And what an awesome moment for the church to kneel down and get eye to eye with 180 kids and share with them the good news of Jesus. Why? Because they can get it. They can get it. They can understand it. Verse 27. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Okay. See, what we're looking for can be understood by children. What we're looking for is revealed by Jesus Christ. How can kids know it? How can kids get it? How can you and I understand it? Why? Because it's Jesus who imparts the knowledge of God. It's Jesus who does it. Do you feel, uh, do you feel simple? Do you feel uh, under, undereducated in the things of God? Don't worry. You don't have to have PhD brains to get this. Okay? Jesus is going to do it. Jesus is going to reveal it. It's possible for kids it's possible because Jesus reveals the knowledge of God. And then see where we go. Verse 28. Come to me. Where is it found, this, this that we're looking for? Where is it found, what we need, what our soul needs? Where is it found? Come to me, says Jesus. 
Kids can know it. It's possible to know it because Jesus reveals it. It's possible to know what we need to know because it's found in Jesus himself. Come, come to me. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, there it is. That's what we need. We need this rest for our souls. So let's focus in on 28 to 30 and break that down a little bit further. Verse 28, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you, say it together, rest. rest. Oh, that sounds nice. Doesn't that sound great? Come to Jesus, and I will give you rest. I'm in. Sign me up for NAPFIT. I need the rest. Well, read on. Take my yoke upon you. Well, that sounds less great. You know, isn't a, a yoke, that, a yoke sounds kind of worky, doesn't it? <laughs> isn't a yoke that big chunk of wood that you put across the shoulders of oxen to plow a field? That doesn't sound, I was thinking more of kind of a lounge chair by the pool kind of a thing. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Take a yoke, he says. Get yoked up with me. Get all tied up with me. Learn from me. Learn. This is rest. See, what I'm, what I'm trying to point out is that rest in God's eyes, rest that your soul needs, it might not be exactly the type of rest that you immediately think about. When we hear the word rest, we take that word and we fill in to that word all the ideas that we have about vacation and recreation, all the things that we have been taught and trained to value and to spend our money on to try to satisfy the need of our soul. But rest might be a little bit different from that. This passage is saying rest is more about getting close to Jesus and getting all involved in his business. You ever need a vacation from your vacation? Rest doesn't equal vacation. Rest is being confident that your soul is resting every moment, every day, even when you're busy. Rest, listen, is being confident that your soul rests on Jesus then it doesn't matter how fast you're going. You're yoked up with him. The rhythms and patterns of rest that we exercise as a spiritual discipline, they're meant to train you to rest on Jesus every moment of your life. They're meant to remind you where your rest and refreshment and repose, where your identity and value and purpose, where the true you really lies. And being all tied up with Jesus and walking with him in the business of his kingdom, you'll find rest. Let me give you Eugene Peterson's message about these verses. He wrote about these verses, are you tired, worn out, 
burned out on religion, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. See, I'm guessing the last thing your soul needs is a kind of heavy moralistic sermon about the 16 religious duties that you need to take care of every Sunday, you know, dutifully and, and religiously, or else your soul shrivels on the vine. I, I think what you need is, is to rest in Jesus, yoked up with him, learning the unforced rhythms of grace, to know what it means to be tied to the Lord so dearly, so, so nearly, that every step you take is a step that Jesus is taking with you, that every step he takes is something that pulls you along, that you're walking in the unforced rhythms of grace. Amen? So now let me give you 16 religious things to do. <laughs> now let me get a little more practical as you think about, well, how do I apply this? I want this in my life. I want to activate something that I've heard here. You know your soul needs rest. You know the machinery needs to cool off or the oil burns and it locks up and everything starts to spin out of control. So it's not a legalism thing. It's not a list of things to check off. It's an invitation. It's an opportunity to take a little better care of your soul. God made, remember, God made a Sabbath day for you for you. Now there's a raft of resources on healthy ways to practice Sabbath. Any of our pastors can point you to their favorites, but I just want to give you three little ideas, three simple ideas. I like to keep things simple so there's a chance I might remember them. Three little things. Number one, stop. Do you know that that's what Sabbath means? It means a ceasing. Stop. Just Stop. Would you say that to your neighbor? Stop. Yeah. Stop it right now. No. Just stop. Just think, what in my life will stop for one day a week? Wendell Berry, the, uh, the author, the poet, he talks about stopping and going out into creation in his book, This Day, he says, sometimes I just have to go somewhere beautiful that God made. Because a, a tree, he says, you know, a tree isn't trying to be anything more than a tree. A bunny isn't striving to get a leg up. It's just a bunny. Do you know? A rock isn't efforting to try to make gains at every moment. A rock's just a, you know, just a rock. And Wendell Berry and his... Uh, his thoughtful insight, he says of these creatures, they think of us as wild. And they're right. They think of us, we're the wild ones. We are the ones who are undomesticated, you know? We're the ones who don't feel at home. We're the ones who are undomesticated, barbarous, unrestrained, disorderly, extravagant, and out of control. These are our natural 
teachers, these creations, and we have learned too little from them. Sometimes we just need to just stop, just stop, and sit in creation and recognize that you are in the hands of your creator. Just stop. Number two, pray. Number one, stop. Number two, pray. This isn't just a work stoppage. This isn't just a, you know, a union 10 on the hour. This is a time to stop unto the Lord. I'm stopping for you, Jesus. I'm stopping for you, God. I'm stopping to draw closer to you. Take time to pray. Take, take the, go to church. For heaven's sake, go to church. Get closer to Jesus, rest in his spirit. Put, put down the book that you've been reading, the blogs that you've been so concerned about, the magazines, the news. Sit in the holy scriptures with the Lord. Take time to pray all those things that you meant to pray all week long. Get them out. Get them before the Lord. Put them before his feet. This is a day for drawing close to the Lord. Number one, stop. Number two, pray. And then number three, fill. Fill this day. Fill this day with things that, that give you life, that refresh your spirit. Fill this day with recreation, with, with stuff that fills you up and restores your soul. Do something fun to connect with family and friends. Stop, pray, fill. That's pretty simple, right? We could remember that. Imagine a world with no rest. Imagine a world of no Sabbath. Imagine endless labor and no recovery, ceaseless activity and no repose, all work and no play. Imagine. It's not that hard to imagine because we're we're t trying to create it again right now, aren't we? Don't you think? This world is racing at such a pace that it just rails against taking a moment to rest and recover. Rest in the Sabbath. Make sure your spiritual fitness plan includes healthy rhythms of rest and recovery. You have to be intentional about this. That has to be planned and prepared and defended. You have to map out time and space that's going to be offered only for this. And you have to hold back the forces that oppose it because your soul needs rest. This is a kind of protest, you know. I think of that every time I pull into Chick-fil-A on a Sunday afternoon. And I'm so mad that they're not open. <laughs> oh, I wanted a chicken sandwich. And then I remember, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good for you. You're taking a stand. This is a protest. This is a way when we take a day of rest with the Lord, we're saying to the world and to the evil powers, we know what you're up to. 
We know what you're trying to do. I know you don't want God's ways to thrive. I know you're trying to go back to a world where a soul never rests. You're trying to go back to a world of all work and no rest where the soul is continuously disturbed and unsettled and disquieted. I know you are trying to wipe the ways of God off the face of this planet and I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna stand with Jesus. I'm gonna stand with him. He knows how to care for my soul. I'm gonna rest in the Lord. Jeremiah 6, 16 says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Let's pray. Lord, we are run fairly ragged in the pace of our modern, postmodern, contemporary world. And Lord, our souls get disquieted, they get unsettled. We feel, Lord, like we wonder if there will be clarity, if there will be time to recover. But Lord, you've appointed us a day, one day in seven. I pray, Lord, for all of us that you would help us to find a way to stop and to pray and to fill a day to your glory and to the health of our souls. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.